Good morning, church. Good morning, church. Today, <laughs> yeah. This morning, our hope opening hymns. Our morning has broken. That's in your red hymnal 145, and surely the presence of the Lord, which is also the red hymnal number 328.
Thank you, church. You can be seated. This morning is the morning. first. Good morning. morning. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, this morning is the first Sunday service. Oh, sorry. I thought it was loud enough. This morning is the first Sunday service of Pastor Pat and Karen's spiritual renewal, and I hope that they are getting the much-needed rest and healing together. Today we have a certified lay speaker from the Lapeer United Methodist Church, Mike Schlussler. Did I get it right? <laughs> so please welcome Mike Schlussler. Brother Mike. Good morning. I've been looking forward to coming here, I think, <laughs> for, for a while. Each church that we visit have their own protocol. They do things a little differently. Believe me, I will mess up sometime during the morning service. So if you are one of these people that say, um, we've never done it that way before, it might be different today. <laughs> I would like to introduce you to my wife, Deanne. Deanne, let them see who you are. She's, <laughs> she certainly is my better half. Both of us serve and have served for many years at the Trinity United Methodist Church in Lapeer. And we are excited to be with you. This is the second church this month that we visited. Ordinarily, we would have a, a flanks. A lot of people that would fill in for a pastoral renewal leave like Pat and Karen are on. But we have a lot of people in Florida right now, some ill, so you will probably be putting up with me for about four weeks and then uh, Pastor Dale Parsons, who's a certified ordained pastor, he will be here one of the Sundays. And uh, Jim Elzerman, who is in Florida or will be in Florida for about four weeks, he'll be here. So you may have to put up with this old guy for, for four weeks out of the six. We are praying for Karen and uh, Pat. I will tell you that I have spoken to John Heisch, your district superintendent, as recently as this morning. He is praying for you, praying for Pat and Karen, and praying for a mighty anointing on this service. I also happen to, this doesn't happen all the time, but have some communication with the bishop, and the bishop sends his greetings and love and will, I would not be surprised at all, we'll be praying for our service here today. So this just happened to be a week where a lot of the big mucky mucks and I got to talk, um, but it is, it is a joy to be here with you today. I grew up in a small town, um, smaller than Brown City, and uh, the church I told you we were at a couple weeks ago, I, I was there, so it was kind of fun to go home. We had a joyful week. My mother celebrated her 96th birthday. So it's been a joy. Anyway, we're here and we're going to do the best we can in terms of following your normal procedure. That uh, if I mess up, somebody can just correct me. So there are several greetings and uh, announcements, several announcements this week. Ladies Bible study, that's Tuesday. And I'm not sure what Liebler's is, but it's at 7.15 a.m. <laughs> Prayer time at 6.30 p.m. Wednesday is Ash Wednesday service. I think that includes not just the ashing, but the, uh, communion. 
if I'm correct. And Kevin, who's doing that? Okay, I know Bruce. Yep, I know him pretty well. Wednesday, uh, Thursday, Covenant Group at 10 a.m., Community Soup Lunch at 11 a.m., and then on Saturdays, United Methodist Men's Breakfast at 8.30. Where's that at? Okay. I have to ask that because our president of United Methodist Men likes me to be very specific with, about those dinners and where they are. Are there other announcements or any other business that should come before the church before we go into formal worship? Uh, yes. So Kim and I are going to be doing the community soup lunch um, Thursday. And thank you to those who have volunteered to make cookies. Um, if you could have them there sometime that morning. Um, we will be here at 8 a.m. making the soup. But um, we are going to need one more driver. Um, Ed has volunteered to drive. Pam is driving too, but we still need one more. Sean has said that he could leave school, but I really don't want him to have to do that. So if somebody else could volunteer um, to take a few deliveries around town or in the office. Oh, Ed's wife. Okay, perfect. Okay, so thank you. So we're all set for soup. And then um, the other announcement is just a reminder of the Spring Bazaar. We're getting ready for that. So um, ladies and men, if you have crafts or woodworking or whatever you have, um, be thinking about that. It is going to be Saturday, April 9th, and it's going to be here. Um, we are doing a luncheon, and we need baked goods, crafts, treats, treasures, whatever you have for the bake sale. Um, the time is 8.30 a.m. till 2 p.m., and there's going to be a luncheon also. But just be thinking about crafts that you could make or baked items. Thank you. Thank you. I'd just like to have a quick nurture outreach meeting right after service today up front here. Just be a short one. Okay. Are there others? So now we go on to young disciples, is that correct? I think that we do an opening prayer. Okay. We, we are in formal worship then. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this service. We thank you for each one gathered here. We pray that the anointing of your Holy Spirit will be here today. We pray, Father, that when we leave here today, we may be closer to you, that we might be able to say, it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. So let now your grace, your love, and your guidance rest with us in this service. And may all that we say and do be for your honor and your glory. We ask in Christ's name, amen. amen. So the disciples. Do you want me to save it? No. Do you want me to somebody no. here? No. Okay. I can talk about it. I can do it. No, I just told them there's no kids. I'm going to ask them Why do you always bring these guys down? I don't understand. I deal with this all week long, every day for work, and now I gotta deal with it on Sunday. See what I'm saying? I'll be part of this group. 
You don't know what you're asking for here. He just wants fruit snacks, yeah. So I'm going to, can I, do I have to go over there more? I got to come over that way. Well, I was trying not to. Okay. So I was thinking about um, things that kids can do because uh, it's really hard sometimes for kids to figure out what they can do to spread the word of God in, especially at school. Um, you know, they're around their friends. These guys don't count. But when, you know, when you're around their friends, they get embarrassed about stuff. And they don't get embarrassed about nothing, these guys. So, um, there's so uh, in Matthew, God tells a story and about, I simplified this for kids, so I'm going to keep going. Um, Matthew tells a story. Uh, in Matthew, there's a story about God um, giving some money to some servants. He's going to go away. And he wants them, he gives this guy some money and this guy some money and this guy less money. And he says, you know, take care of my money, I'm going to take off. And so what happens is when he comes back, one of the men says, well, I didn't just keep your money safe. I went out and multiplied your money. So he gave him five bags of money. And when the, when the Lord came back, he had 10. He multiplied his 10. I thought, oh, I need that guy for my banker, right? So, yeah, the next guy, same thing. He says, I multiplied your money. And so he multiplied his money. And the last guy, who didn't have very much, said, well, um, I was scared of you, and I didn't have very much money to take care of. So I was scared, and I, I buried it, and I hid it, and I took care of it, and made sure nothing happened to it, and here it is. And... Lord wasn't very pleased with that because he wanted him to make more of that. He didn't want to hide that. And when I think about that, I think about gifts. Uh, everybody has gifts. And what the Lord was saying was, you have these gifts. Go out and go out and multiply my word. Okay? We have this saying at the front of our bulletin about making disciples of, of God. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. So everyone has a gift that they do. What's my gift? Music. music. My gift is music, right? Well, it's one of them. I have lots of gifts. So um, my mother's like, oh, my God, stop embarrassing yourself. So <clears throat> um, my gift is music. So I share that. Not only do I share that in church and share God's word, but at school I share with these young people, or at least a couple of them, and um, about the joy of making music and how good music can make you feel. I may not necessarily be spreading the word of God in, in school, but I'm still spreading that joy of music and making them happy. So everybody has a gift. What's your gift? Labor. <laughs> Labor. This is true, right? So Eldon, he works behind the scenes. He does a lot of things for us. And... He, and he does that on his own volition, and he shares that gift with us, and he helps us with our ministry. And I think that is a perfectly good gift, okay? Brian, what's your gift? Anything. Anything? So Brian's like willing to give, right? He's willing to help anywhere, anytime, any place. The gift of giving, okay? There's nothing wrong with that either. Everybody else has a gift. 
You have a lot of gifts? Pick one. Ha ha. You thought you were going to get away with that answer, didn't you? Pick one. Okay, right. Who, is there anybody else in this room besides the kids who could have done that? <laughs> I touch, touch technology at school and it breaks. Harley will, Harley will attest to that. I get all ready and then I go to use it and it doesn't work, right? I even test it ahead of time and it doesn't work when I go to use it. So it happens all the time. So everybody has their own special gift to give and maybe you just have the ability to talk. Is there... Is there anything wrong with that? You have the gift to talk? You talk to somebody because they need somebody to, you know, you talk with them because they look like they need somebody to talk to. I think of, I was thinking of the kids this morning in Nolan. Nolan has a gift of hugs. He hugs me every time I see him. And I think that's amazing. And for him, that's a big deal, to hug me. And I'm like, oh... I got a hug, you know, and I ha kids, sometimes that's all somebody has to give. And so maybe you're just um, the, the kid who's good at math and you help somebody next to you. You're helping them. Maybe, you know, you're the kid who's not afraid to get up and talk in front of people and, you know, make them feel comfortable. So you got to use your gifts in any way that you have. And no matter what your gift is, it's never too small. And you don't always have to use one gift. You can use all your gifts. <clears throat> all the time. And, and it doesn't, you just do what you can do to make the world a place, better place and to be nice to people and to spread the love of Jesus anywhere you go. So let's pray. Dear Jesus, please help these children recognize their gifts. Recognize at least one gift so they can use it to your advantage to help people to spread the love of God, and to help them make disciples throughout the world. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Good luck, fellas. I ain't helping you. You have no idea how that will dovetail into what we're going to talk about today. And we didn't collaborate, but it's going to be a good mesh. Joy and concerns time. I, if it's like our church, this is a time when we share any joys we have or concerns, and then we go to prayer. Anybody have a joy that they want to share or a concern? I have a concern. Uh... I'm from West Virginia, and I've got a bunch of guys. I grew up with on Platte Mountain, West Virginia. The one lost his dad here a couple weeks ago, uh, Steve Bowyer, lost his dad, Virgil Bowyer, and his wife got sick, and she's eat up with cancer, and they just give her a few days to live. And I talked to his brother, Carl, and Carl was kind of devastated, too. He's lost a father, and now he's losing a sister-in-law so pray for this family all right i have a joy um many of you know we had an exchange student several years ago um, and we have kept in close contact with her throughout the years we we had her uh, in 2013 and about a year ago 
she um, had some issues, some problems, and we have not heard from her since last April, and I heard my phone ping today. So I'm very thankful to hear from her. Many of you know Mary Craig, Dick and Mary Craig, who actually live across from our church. Mary passed away yesterday, and uh, a good friend, a good uh, community person, and we will surely miss her. Um, <clears throat> two joys. Um, my friend McCann and friends McCann and Mike got back from Florida safe. I do not have a Shirley update, but um, yet because I haven't talked to her yet. But their trip was safe and they're back, and I'm happy about that. Um, the other thing I'm grateful for is my mom. We are two peas in a pod, and we are best friends, and we have so much fun, and we talk every night. And <clears throat> last night was just a fun night on the phone, and I'm just grateful for her. We had a fun day on Thursday. We worked at the food truck, Mike and I. Yeah, it's always a fun time. I didn't hear that. It was something about Thursday. Food truck. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I just want to thank everybody for prayers and help with Tom. It's been great. He feels the love from everybody here. He's doing well, but he has a lot of hurdles to go through yet before he's up and around and out to get back to church. So thank you, everybody. And I think there's some of you here been helping with meals with him and um, being a big support person to him, and thank you. Y'all know Brian and Meg. Um, Meg lost her grandma last week to cancer. Any others? Do we do a prayer course? Do we do a prayer course? Is there a prayer course? No. Okay. Okay. Let us pray. Father God, we do thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. Father, we thank you for joys that we can share, for the joys of a renewed uh, communication with an exchange student. We thank you, Father, for friends in other states. In West Virginia, Lord, where there's illness and there's heartache, we just pray that you'd intercede in that uh, household and that they will feel your comfort and your peace. Father, our bishop has asked us to bring before you the situation in the Ukraine. We just pray for those people. We pray for peace, Lord. We pray that somehow uh, you would intercede there and we would not have to be in war. We pray for the family of Dick and Mary Craig, someone who's gone home this week. We pray for the joys of a safe trip, for the joy of having a great mom, and even for the fun of working in a food truck. We lift Tom up to you, Father, and we lift Meg up to you. We lift this church up to you, Father. We lift 
Pastor Patrick and Karen to you and this community. We ask, Father, that there would be a mighty anointing of your Holy Spirit upon the rest of this service. We thank you, Lord, that you love us so much that you gave your son Jesus to die for us. We ask now that you would bless us as we continue to pray together that beautiful prayer that you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thank you. It is now time to receive the morning offering. Is that something that the ushers receive? We are at our church. We still have the boxes in the back, pre-COVID and during COVID. So the ushers haven't done this for a while. So I wanted to be sure we were doing it right. Thank you. Please come forward and receive the morning offering. I can tell something was different there. <laughs> Pardon? Oh, I love the doxology. Let's sing it.
Thank you. You may be seated. Now, Kevin, would I be right in assuming that it's time for me to read the scripture? Kevin called me um, and checked everything out. This is the man that crosses every T and dots every I, I'm going to tell you right now. Because he, he wanted to be sure that I uh, understood kind of how things were going to be here. And I appreciated that. Your sound guy was wonderful. Greeted us when we came in and uh, kind of let us know about the layout of the church. And thank you so much. And for those of you that made efforts already to make us feel welcome, I'm deeply appreciative. Our scripture for today is found in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and he taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled the partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, son of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they have brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. I am so grateful to be with you today. I am grateful that Pastor Pat would invite me to be with you. It is an opportunity to share with you, to be in this beautiful church. I sense your love and your friend, friendliness. That's always nice. I want to assure you that I step into this pulpit with great humility. I have never stepped into a pulpit with any worthiness. Instead, I ask you to join with me in asking God's blessing upon this sermon. Father God, please guide us and love us and honor us with your presence. Help us to trust you when you call us to do particular things. Direct with your Holy Spirit the remainder of this service. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today's scripture tells us about the calling of Peter and of Andrew and James and John by Jesus. I love the way it reads. 
Most of you have read it before, probably several times. Imagine Peter's credentials. He was a fisherman. A man named Jesus had sort of commandeered his fishing boat and asked him to row out a little ways from the shore so that Jesus could teach or preach to the crowd that was gathered there. Jesus also later urged Peter to take the boat into deeper water. A tired and somewhat discouraged Peter questioned the wisdom of such a move. He even explained to Jesus that he and his brother Andrew and their partners James and John had already fished all night, caught nothing. But if you say so, I will once again drop the nets. Well, you remember what happened. They caught so many fish that their nets couldn't hold them all and they began to break, and their boat started to sink, and they had to summon, probably yell, to their friends for extra help. Peter fell before Jesus on his knees and in fear and in awe, and he called Jesus Lord. Let's see if we can hyper-focus on this scene just a little bit more. Here's Peter, a little dirty, a lot tired. His well-used fishing boat with probably patched sails and typical of other Galilean fishing crafts that had a high rudder and the wood was bleached and, and wind-washed and sun-washed. And I picture Peter as big. I have a very good friend in, in the Outer Banks of North Carolina who is a fisherman. He's a big guy. His, his hands are about two of mine. And uh, when I think of Peter, I sometimes think of my friend there. He's Douglas. He probably had nick knuckles and cuts and scratches and calluses. The late Peter Marshall, who I really like, one of my favorites, describes Peter as maybe a bit uncouth not at all refined or educated or cultured. He was a blustering, impulsive, sometimes even using profanity, and he was older. Biblical scholars tell us that he was uh, probably a year or so older than Jesus when they first met, so he was at least in his 30s. He had a family, a profession, he worked hard, and he was apparently well settled. His fishing grounds were located in the Sea of Galilee, Lake Gennesaret, and it's the largest freshwater lake in Palestine. It's about 30 miles around it, it's in shoreline. It appears that he was well respected by his fellow workers as they didn't question his decision to return to fish after an unsuccessful night. Maybe, dear friends, it was Jesus that they didn't question. One thing is for sure. Peter must have been surprised when Jesus directed to him a very unexpected summons. One life-changing request. One life-changing invitation. Follow me. Come with me, Peter. Peter. 
I will make you a fisher of people. The amazing part of this story for me is that Peter did not just question what Jesus asked him to do. He left everything and he followed him. I recently read an article in a magazine. Uh, the editor was Stephen Slon, and the gist of the piece was that there's no limit for novel ideas or achievements. The author advocates that it's high time we learn to appreciate the social, artistic, and economic value of late bloomers. I'm talking about some of us. He cites numerous folks who achieve later in life. People like Mozart or Picasso or Laura Ingalls Wilder. Do you know that Laura Ingalls Wilder was 65 years old before she published her first book, Little uh, House on the Prairie? Anyway, this really got me to thinking about your church, about my church, about unknown gifts and graces and talents and passions many of you possess. What capacities and dreams of yours might find a useful ministry in this church? Regardless of age, what potential within you is being used for God's glory? How many of you can repair a car, knit some mittens, trim shrubs, bake a pie, make some soup, stoop down to help a child, or just listen? All of you can pray. Hold that thought as we get back to Peter. I told you I really like him. I think there's a bit of him in all of us. His deep faith, his loyalty, his failures, his humanness, his fears, his aggressiveness, his denials, his doubts, his devotion, his meekness, and his drive, his eyes on Jesus as he walked toward our Lord on the water and his plight when he took his eyes faith, off of Jesus and he began to sink. Do you know what I love about this part of Peter's story? If you carefully read Matthew 14, you'll notice that Jesus reached out his hand and he caught Peter and after questioning his doubt, Peter and Jesus got in the boat together. Together, dear friends. God used Peter in marvelous ways, and he has special plans for all of us, too. If somebody would have told me, after 42 years of teaching, that I would be speaking several churches are serving some of the capacities that I have since that time. I wouldn't have even probably considered it. 
Some of you may be thinking, well, I'm no Peter. Nope, you're not. But you are fearfully and wonderfully made, and you are here for a reason. God doesn't make junk. He doesn't make mistakes. You are precious, dear church, in his sight. He wants to use you. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14 says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me. If you seek me with all of your heart, I will let you find me. So I look at you, dear Brown City Church. Many of you are a little older, yes, but I'm not buying any excuses like, but we're an aging congregation. So is Trinity. So are many congregations. God's promises are true at any age. There is no plan of retirement talked about in his word. We are his children. We're saved by grace. And we are equipped for mission and ministry. And we are unique and varied in terrific ways. I so appreciate all of you that I sense are serving here, from your joys, your concerns, from the technology, from the PPR, from all the committees. Thank you so much for doing that. I believe that God loves us as we are. He equips us as we are. And that all of us have certain abilities most of the time. Now, we're not great all the time, but we're loved all the time. John Wesley spoke and wrote eloquently about growing to perfection, that through Christ's grace, we are redeemed and necessary, and by his grace, we are loved and we're relevant and our lives are designed for purpose and service and spiritual growth. Jesus loves us when we're raw and uncouth and unvarnished and hurting and dishonest, sort of like Peter at times. He loves us in our denials. He loves us when we're lovely and sweet, and on our best game, when we have good intentions and ambitions. He even loves us when we fail in trying. He loves us in the depths of our sorrows. Some of you spoke of, of loved ones that have suffered losses. He's with us then. 
He loves us in our sickness and in our loneliness. Or when we're in chemo or dialysis or surgery. Or when we're having mountaintop experiences. He sometimes calls us to do difficult and different things and to also do small, uncomplicated, simple things with grace and love. He provides us when we are afraid or hesitant. He rescues us when we feel broken or hopeless. He rescues us when we know what being afraid is all about. We're scared to our core. And we fall on our knees like Peter and we cry, Lord, he knows. He still beckons. Follow me. I've got this. He hears our prayers and we're never alone. When we step out of the boat in the midst of a storm, he does not leave us or forsake us. He's right there with us. We're still called. We're still chosen. We're still selected. Through his grace, we're still capable. Now, for some of you that are younger, lest any of you think this sermon is only geared toward, shall I say, a more mature audience, listen, young people, and young adults. You are a chosen generation. Living in a world of fast change and uncertainty, you are sensitive and you're called to great adventure of challenges and change. There is a stirring in society and in the church and in the world, and you're striving to make sense of it all. COVID. War, unrest, daily upheavals, revolutions, and discoveries that can be unsettling. Some of you don't feel safe in church or at your jobs. But you're here, praise the Lord, and you smile and you pray and you serve. Know this, young people, all of us, you are loved. You are a blessing. You are a child of the living God. You are called. You have the courage and the initiative to impact the world for good. You are never alone. God is on your side. Jesus tells you that he is with you always, not some of the time, not when he feels like it. Always. You do not have to live in fear and apprehension. My dear church, you are something in him. Oh, yes, you are. And this church can be loving and have each other's back.
when you lift each other up in prayer and ask for God's anointing. Don't you love it when someone says, I'm praying for you? There is much evidence in the early church, in early church records which were written about 50 to 100 years after Calvary, that Peter was crucified upside down. He was an old man for his time. And he probably lived another 30, 35 years or so after Christ's resurrection. He had needed his call. He had heeded his call. He followed. He served. He died loving the Lord. How wonderful if when our time comes to stand before our Lord and give account of who we are and how we were used and how we used what he gave us, that we could humbly bow and proclaim, I tried, Lord. I tried to use all that you blessed me with. And I'm all used up. Of course, none of us can do exactly that. But we can daily express our gratitude for his grace in saving us and for his call on our life and for the time that we have used the gifts that we have been given. And so today, dear church at Brown City, I challenge you by simply saying, God isn't finished with you yet. Not any of us. Regardless of what's going on, we are still the church. We all have hope and purpose. His heart still yearns for us. He forgives, forgets, pardons, blesses, and equips. He calls. He calls. More than once, Simon Peter said to Jesus, you are the Messiah. More than once, Jesus urged Peter, feed my sheep. Throughout his life, Peter followed Jesus. May the same be said of you and I. Near the end, Jesus said to Peter, Upon this rock, the type of faith that Peter had, I will build my church. You, dear church, stand on that same rock that Peter did. You know him as the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Listen, can you hear? He whispers, follow me, follow me, follow me. Let's pray. Precious Father, Abba, Daddy, Jesus, Papa, thank you for loving us and for calling us to follow you. 
If more is needed to be said here, we rely on your Holy Spirit to speak to each individual. Help us to accomplish your aim and purpose and to follow you for all of our lives. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And our closing hymn will be a hymn of promise found on page 707 or on the overhead. Now go out, heed his call to follow, love and serve God, and love each other. Follow him. Follow him.